You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, Earth Station One listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. We are back, and we got a movie review on our hands. We are going back to 22 years now, and we are looking at Mystery Alaska. You know, people would think, oh, it's um, a mystery, or is it a, you know, nature film, or is it, what is it about? It's Alaska. Is it like Northern Exposure? No, not really. It's a hockey movie. It is a hockey movie, first and foremost. And it actually has a great cast, and it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. I don't think Ashley has ever seen this, and I don't think this man I'm talking to had ever seen it before this time. So, of course, who am I talking about? The man of mystery himself, Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy! Have you seen this one? I had not seen this before this weekend, no. Ah, and is your life better for it? That's what we're going to find well, out tonight. Well, you know, I think, uh, look, it is the summer. Uh, we're, it's the end of July, going into August. It is hot as blazes and humid here in in the Atlanta area. And let me tell you, uh, we do not have AC proper. So I am really looking forward to tonight's show because we're going to Iceland. We're going to Alaska. This is going to be a cool, literally a cool show. In other words, Mike is having a ice chest underneath his desk right now to help cool him down. Dude, in, in this house, that would last about two minutes uh, before it, become, it would become a boiling cauldron. Oh, dude, I am so, so sorry. That really yeah, sucks. It does. But, um, look, you know, but it is nice. Like, you know, how do you beat the heat? You know, you talk about cool things. And, uh, you know, uh, we've got, like I said, we've got literally, uh, we are talking to someone from Iceland a little bit later. And, yes, we are reviewing a movie about hockey, you know. Uh, that's pretty cool. It's, uh, it's a, a nice summer sport. <laughs> it's a nice, yeah, a nice Olympic sport, although this is not, the Olympics it's going on currently. So, no, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, there's, this, this is random people. Uh, this is, <laughs> we pulled it out of a hat. It just came up. <laughs> this and... is pretty much, uh, it, it's, it's director's choice. Um, mm. And it, it's it's going to be fun to talk about. We definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Please write us feedback at earthstation1.com. Please let us know what you guys thought about this movie or if you have had even seen it or heard of it. Before a friend introduced me to it a couple of years ago, I had never heard of it. And I don't think a lot of people actually went to see it at the theater. So it'll be very interesting to talk about tonight but of course you know as we like to say thank you everybody for listening and if you haven't had a chance please leave five star ratings for us up on apple or wherever you listen to this podcast we are everywhere so please leave us a review leave us five stars we would so appreciate it also want to give a big shout out to our patrons our patrons are our lifeblood here on the station and also on the ESO network if you help and you know definitely we do need it sometimes if you donate for as little as 25 cents a week 
we can actually, you know, keep the lights on here. Get Mike Gordon his air conditioning fixed. It would be great, you know, to help us, you know, keep it going, folks, as we like to say. But we definitely love giving you guys special rewards for joining. And we just put out a new episode of ESO Board Silly. That's right. And not just any kind of Board Silly episode. This is the 80s classic. Kevin came and hosted, and he actually brought an 80s trivia game. And the man I'm talking to tonight, who's sitting right above me on Zoom, is the champion. No spoilers, but, you know, it's but if you're available to our friends of the Patreon, of course, the ESO Network Patreon, and you could definitely, you know, listen to this. It's free to every level. And depending on what level you belong to, you get special rewards and there's going to be new rewards coming very soon. We, we are in talks right now. Negotiations, you might even say. So for as little as 25 cents a week, ESO Patreon at patreon.com slash ESO Network. And we thank the people who do support us. We couldn't do it without you guys. Also, a big shout out to our friends over at Tifosi Optical. Tifosi Optical has all kinds of glasses. They have gamer glasses. They have blue light blocking glasses. They have safety goggles. They also have exercise glasses and they have face shields. But of course, they're mostly known for their sunglasses. That's right. Sunglasses to help enjoy the hot heat of summer. If you're outside, what else do you need to cut down on the glare? But a really good pair of sunglasses. And Tifosi Optical is the place to do it. Very stylish stuff, folks. Really cool stuff. And our friends gave us a coupon code. If you put in Earth Station 1, you get 10% off your order. Not off just one pair like some places do. Your whole order. So definitely thank you to our friends at Tifosi Optical for doing that. And you could go to tifosioptics.com and check them out. And now we're here with our new friend of the show, Einar Haraldson. Welcome, Einar. Thank you for joining Earth Station One. I'm pleased. Thank you very much for inviting me. We are pleased to have you. We're, you're not actually here on the station with us, uh, but uh, tell everybody where you're from and, and what a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm from Iceland. It's an island in the in North Atlantic, Hollywood of the North. <laughs> Hollywood of the North. Huh? <laughs> I love that. That is awesome. The Canadians might not have something to say about that, but you know, really. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I think you. I think you're a little bit further north than them, so I think you kind of win that contest right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm a former police officer in Iceland. And uh, now uh, working as an actor. So, yeah. That's a, That's a, it's an interesting transition. How long were you a police officer for? 20 years. Wow. Okay. That's a, that's yeah. a significant amount of time. Is that something, is that what you wanted to do like from day one or yeah. how did you get into police work? No, I, this is what I, what my dream <laughs> is of getting into police. And, and uh, I, pretty and good career. Second, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty good careers. I saw in, I think it was on your Facebook page or something. Did you work with the U.S. Embassy as well? Yeah, I was there. Was that, was that when you were a police officer? No, I, I was already stopped in police. Gotcha. Retired in the police. And then I, I went into the U.S. Embassy, was there in security division. Mm-hmm. And then I started as an actor, went to the academy. Here and uh, yeah, did you have a specific division within the, the police department that you work? No, I was in the all divisions. Gotcha. Yeah. So a jack of all trades. 
and uh and then uh so you retired as a police officer and decided how did you make the transition to get into acting yeah this was uh, very strange when i was in the police force i was um secretary general for international police association with for icelandic section and uh, i travel around the world to see how the police are working and i was invited to the lapd for six weeks, stay with them for six weeks. Mm-hmm. And most of the, uh, my colleagues there, they were bodyguards for celebrities up in Beverly Hills. So I, they took me up there and uh, that's how it started. I talk, talk, talk. <laughs> <laughs> that must have, that must have been a very different experience to go from, uh, uh, now I'm not sure. Like, so where you are in Iceland as a police officer, is that a pretty cosmopolitan? area no here, here in iceland we uh, it's very easy job uh, we we don't carry a gun okay we don't we uh it's very very quiet place so it's not, when, it's not heavily populated no we, we in iceland we are three hundred sixty thousand. all in all Right. And I think that's uh, like one section of L.A., right? (laughs) (laughs) One building. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. One of the studios. Um, So it must have been that must have been a a really big shock. Right. Um, Now, were you interested in in movies and entertainment as well? Like, was it were you kind of starstruck going over there? Yeah, I got interested when I was there. After I after I came from there, I and I had I had a, had a passion. Is what was my vision to get into this area? I said to myself, one day I will. What What was it about, like that? You know, acting. What was it about it that kind of really attracted you? Uh, everything. I was standing in front of the camera. I thought first I was was standing in front of the camera. I would would be oh <laughs> right right. A lot of people get the uh, camera shot. Yeah, yeah, but I was not. I was very polite and uh, good. It was. Uh, I, I, I said to myself, I, "This is my home here." <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so it felt natural to you. Yeah, yeah. And, and but, you'd never done anything like that before. You'd never uh, no. acted in in school as a kid or anything. No, or, no, no, no. I went to the academy here to see how it done. I finished that, and after that, it comes. I have been in a few few TV series here in Iceland and uh, movies, also movies in in the US. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you're off to an amazing start, uh, given how sort of late you've started. Um, yeah. I, you know, you mentioned, you kind of joked about, you know, Iceland being Hollywood North. Is there a lot of filming going on there? Yeah. Many of, of the of the American film are made here in Iceland. Mm. Yeah. Gotcha. Anything in particular that uh, you've uh, seen? We, we have, yeah, we have had here... Uh, Tom Cruise with the Oblivion and uh, Star Star Wars movies, right? Taken taken there, and uh, yeah, many others. I saw I saw I saw what uh, two act, uh, actors here for maybe two weeks ago. They were here filming some movies, 
Yeah. Had had you been on any of those movie sets? Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, now, have you been doing basically like uh, Icelandic programming, or have you gotten yeah. into American programming yet? I, I've got, most of it, it's uh, Icelandic program TV. Okay, but mm-hmm. but two two American movies. Oh yeah, which ones yeah. are those? Can you talk about them? Yeah, yeah, they will be shown next next year it's a ah. it's a cowboy he's a cowboy <laughs> western <laughs> western movies right on a wanted trail and uh Cobbled creek gotcha gotcha so what so one there so there are westerns um so what's the um i guess do you guys have um i guess a, a weather wise is it you're able to film all the time in, here in Iceland, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, while it, we 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 had to stop a little bit while the COVID, right? COVID, but yeah. or else we we have film be filming all days. That's been so tough for so many. Uh, yeah. I don't. I must admit, I'm not really sure where Iceland stands. So, have you guys kind of got it under control now, or? In, yeah, we have we have it under control. Yeah, that's good. I would imagine that if it's yeah for some places that are less smaller populated, um, it's a little bit easier to do that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you've been in some things now. Is are we talking like just quick? You're in the background, or you got speaking parts, or like how big are these parts? Spe- uh, speaking parts, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. You got to learn your lines. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have a. A script like this here, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you've got some pretty significant roles. Yeah, yeah. Where you've got like a lot of speaking to do. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm preparing now to go to, go to US again. Okay. Making TV series and uh, and movies. I saw on your IMDb you had a picture of yourself and the NCIS Hawaii background. Yeah, Is, have, yeah. have you done work with them? This is the schedule, next schedule. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So you're 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 hoping to get in on that. Yeah, this is my PR, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> have he you been to Hawaii? Work. Have you been to Hawaii before? N- no. Ah, <laughs> that's a. I have only been there really briefly once. I've heard oh, really? so many beautiful things about it, though. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. Um, with all your travels and uh, like what so. What is your your entertainment goal right now? Like, what are you just taking every line, uh, everything as it comes? Are you looking for something specific? Is there some something you want to do specifically? Uh, I w- w- want to do action movies. Ah, okay. Oh, yeah. Now, when you say action movies, you're uh, you're up for the action parts, or you know, yeah, st- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, all my parts, most of the parts in the, in the TV series. I've been a police officer. <laughs> strange, strange. Act, act what you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well, that's solid. And I would imagine that, yeah, so have those involved any sort of action with them? Like, have you have you uh, done any? Well, you you wouldn't be able to do stunts, right? Because they'd have someone do that for you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I will not do any stunts. <laughs> <laughs> Has has your character like met any sort of uh, untimely ends? Have you actually been killed on on no anything yet? No, no. Ah, that's pretty good. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> That's pretty good because usually police officers, you know, sometimes they don't end up too well in some movies, yeah. and movies series, right? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so so that's pretty good um are you but you're open to playing other things other than police officers. Yeah, yeah 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 is there like if there is any specific role out there that you are familiar with that you could have is there any sort of dream role for you yeah my dream roles in the be in uh, ncis and fbi series gotcha gotcha yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's something. There's that law enforcement again. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, that's my home. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Um, there's a lot of character actors that have made really good livings off of playing cops and and authority figures like that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so no medical dramas for you. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no doctorship. No, no doctors. No doc- right. No. <laughs> no no love love movies or, or, or romantic <laughs> what um what's one of the craziest things you've experienced on set craziest things it's uh when i was in this western movies uh-huh. it's a because the horses in the u.s they are so high they're so big in icelandic horses is just like a pony oh really when I co- yeah when i come up to the the other ho- Horses are like, ooh, wow. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> if I fall, fall down, I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so that, so you, you didn't, yeah, you need a stuntman for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's, yeah. You look at the horse and say, okay, I need my stuntman now. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, because I, it's so, um, you know, I've been on, I've had, you know, the fortune to be on some sets and it is a interesting experience when you get behind the scenes and sometimes you can really, you know, sometimes you're amazed because it all seems so artificial and other times mm-hmm. you're in there and you're like, I, you're, it's like they build a whole new world that you just immerse yourself in. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you are front of the, uh, front of the uh, green, green, green walls, green. Ah, so you've done uh, uh, some green screen yeah, work. Yeah. 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 So that, is that, that is was, that tricky because you got to imagine everything? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> then you then you see it in the real. Oh, really? It's like this. <laughs> so so most of the work that you've done right now is for Icelandic television. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if anybody here in the in the states wanted to check out your work, it would be a little difficult, I would think. No, I don't no? think so. No, I don't. How, that, do you know how? We could access because, some of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because in here in all this, I've been doing. It, it comes first was uh, sister sisterhood came. It's is newly newly come out here. Okay. So it's newly shown. The other others are will be shown in uh, later this year. It comes all in in YouTube. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so so yeah. you so you can check it out on YouTube then. Yeah. Awesome. And I you know, if it's in uh you know, obviously for those people who don't speak Icelandic, it would be, you know, there would be uh closed captioning, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. Translated, right? Yeah. So that's cool. I that was really cool. Um yeah, with YouTube, man, that's amazing. You can just yeah, every, you're everywhere. Yeah. You are everywhere. 
So, um, well, cool. I think, Mike, I think he's warmed up and ready to go uh, as far as the geek seat. Um, well, he is a man of action, so you should be ready for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, yeah. We've, it, <laughs> no, you know, I'm sure he has been, you know, prepped. He's been primed. He is a man on the prowl. He is ready for us. So. The dude has worked with the LAPD. I think he can he, <laughs> exactly. You know, you know we'll, we'll see if he can handle the. You know, he is. You know, he was the original. Uh oh, he's, he's locked and loaded. He's ready. <laughs> All right, Einar, are you ready for your first question in the geek seat? What yeah. was your favorite geek out moment? My favorite geek is when I was in uh, uh, Stella Blomqvist. Right. TV, TV series mm-hmm. in So what about it? You know, was it like, because you had, se- you had <laughs> seen it on TV and like, I'm actually no. here type thing or? No, 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 no. Because it's a, it's a good story. Right. And uh, yeah. And I, it took a long time, took a long time. And uh, I was, I was a police officer mm-hmm. there. I see, I see some <laughs> and, typecasting and, uh, and, here. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, this is the uh, series I, I, I love most to be in. Oh, that is awesome. What was your most disappointing geek out moment? Most dis- disappointed is, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I haven't been disappointed of any- anything. Ever? Ever in your life? Yeah, no. <laughs> you, you mean... Not even you mean you mean on, on it could be acting, it could be about whatever you wish. This is your segment. No, okay, no, okay. Uh, when I was in the police force, uh, I was disappointed when I came to the to LAPD. Why? Because they they just like they are they are all actors. Show me show me the, the person from the north. Who doesn't know anything? <laughs> oh, that's awesome! <laughs> yeah, they were, they taught me to do this and do this, and uh, I was a little bit disappointed. There. Okay, no, totally understand that. What geeks you out the most? What geeks you out the most? What do you get most excited about? Um, <laughs> most is. Uh, it was also when I was in the, in the police force, and uh, I was sent out in a, to look for a, a boat. Oh, and uh, when I, yeah, then then I they told me, "Can you see the boat sail, sailing there? It's big, mm-hmm. a big one." I said, "I said no. I can I can see the boat, yeah, but I can only see the boat is upside down." Oh, yeah. And uh, people, and uh, they sent me a, a, a small boat to go out to check, me and my partner. We went there, and uh, then the, the, there was uh, seven people on board down under the sea, and uh, they drowned. Oh. We could not. Yeah, is that, is that, your, not is that your dream them. job? What's your dream SOC. job? Oh, wow. Yeah. And I assume that also turns your geek off, you know, that yeah. seeing that kind of thing to, you know, mm-hmm. I hope, you know, hopefully you didn't have to deal with a lot of that daily. He's good. 
No, 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 no. I'm glad to hear that. What fictional character would you like to meet the most? <clears throat> I would like to meet uh, four. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see a theme there. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. My eyes might be four. What fictional character would you not like to meet? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about okay. that. Which okay. one? You will, you know. I cannot. Because, yeah. you know, Loki or, you know, or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's cool. All right. What is your ideal geek occupation? My geek occupation? I think you want it. You're doing it right now, dude. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Oh, I'm not sure what you want. Uh, I'm not sure. What do you, do you mean? You know, you you want to be an actor. That's a Greek. That's a yeah, Greek. Uh -huh. Yeah. A great geek. I could yeah. Think yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dream job is to be an okay. actor. Good actor. Well, you're going to be. I have no doubt about that. You're dealing with, <laughs> you're acting like you like us, so it's perfect. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's really good. I could see Academy Awards in his future. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> what job would you not like to do? I don't like to be uh, uh, in the reception of the hotel. Oh, I can understand that. That's, that's pretty yeah. thankless most of the time. I have I've cho chosen uh, all the, always chosen a good good okay. job. Okay. The poli first police and the actor. Okay, so no hotel work for you. Got it. No. no. Got it. All right. So this is for the last question. What oh. What is your ultimate fantasy? Do you want to be what sh like what TV show would you want to be on if you had a choice of anything to act in? Uh, my biggest dream, like I said before, <laughs> is in, the, in the, some good TV series, TV series in, in, in US. Sure. Do yeah. you deserve, like, if you said, like, NCIS and you, you also yeah. said FBI. Yeah. FBI, you know, yeah. I could yeah. see you even being in a CSI or something like that it would be kind of cool. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah so I could, I could definitely see. You know, there could definitely be a lot out there for you, and I think you'd be great at it. And Einar, I have some great news. Yeah. You've passed the quiz. You've made it through the geek seat. Congratulations, <laughs> Mike Gordon. Tell the young man what he's won. You have won a lifetime subscription to the ESO Network, a value easily worth. $68. I'm not sure what that translates to. Uh, are you guys on, on euros? Is that what you guys are using? Or Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Okay, so uh, it's probably not even one of those. Uh -huh. um, but, <laughs> so, uh, but, um, um, but it's, it's been great having you join us. Um, and uh, I, 
man, I wish you the best of luck. And again, where can people, if people want to check out like what you've done yeah. or what you're doing or, you know, check out the status of what you're going up, up to, is there someplace yeah. they can go online or? I have a website, which okay. is, which is www.inrharaldson.com. Gotcha. And then I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we will have a link to all of those in our show notes. So people can just click on them and check out your work and, uh, and contact you if need be. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much, man. Thank you for inviting me. It was a great pleasure. It was awesome. (laughs) Let's take a quick break and we are going to be back and we're going to be looking at the movie mystery Alaska. Michelle here with an iconic rock talk show moment. John Lydon, a.k.a. Johnny Rotten, is being sued by the other Sex Pistols, Paul Cook the drummer and Steve Jones the guitarist, over some Sex Pistols songs. They want to use these songs in a in an FX series that's being made called Pistol, and it's based on uh, Steve Jones' memoir of the same name. Uh, it's set to be directed by Danny Boyle, who directed, of course, Slumdog Millionaire and Trainspotting. Uh, John Lydon says, regardless, it's this TV show is nonsense, and he's heart and soul against letting the songs be used in it. Um, according to um, Steve Jones and Paul Cook, they haven't. The band has an agreement that goes all the way back to '98 that says all they need is a majority decision. Lydon says they've never used that agreement. Everything has always been unanimous, and that they can't use these songs unless he agrees too. I don't understand how Steve and Paul think they have the right to insist that I do something that I so morally heart and soul disagree with without any involvement. He says they insist that he agrees to sign over the rights to a drama documentary that he's not allowed access to. To me, that smacks of some kind of slave labor, he said in high court in London last week. So we'll see how this goes. Without licensing the song, she kind of got a problem. Uh, this has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show moment. Check out the blog. It's at esonetwork.com and at iconicrocktalkshow.wordpress.com. We'll catch you next time. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I would say that E3 maybe isn't the event that it once was, but everybody still plans their event around the E3 schedule. Steven Spielberg could throw out a gum commercial and we'd all watch it because it's Steven Spielberg. Dragon Age 4 is carrying, I think, the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and right here on the ESO Network. We can't hold Stevie Weeks back any longer. Well, you'll be first alternate, of course. John, every ex-player turned coach says they prefer coaching to playing. Because they can't play. What do you want this time? I come bearing the New York Rangers. The New York Rangers? In in Mystery Alaska. To play against our boys. The NHL feels it'll be great publicity. I don't want to hear another word about a hockey game. We talked about this. Oh, forgive me, Your Honor. I'm fat. We're playing these guys? We're selling this as a human interest story. 
The Mystery Boys. We don't know who they are or what they are. All we know is they have poor dental health and can skate like the wind. I don't know how to coach. If we're going to make a game of it, it should be you. If I'm coaching, I need a captain on the ice. Two things we've always had in mystery. Our dignity and our illusions. I suggest we cling to both. Big. Not that big. I'm not beaten. Anybody here tired? No! Do not give these guys too much respect. We're in this game! 43 seconds. And then the rest of your lives, you own that time. Like we said, folks, this is a small town. The town's grocer is their best car. Their fastest guy is a high school kid. And the captain is a town sheriff. The baby Mystery Alaska. I play hockey and I sleep around because these are the two most fun things in cold weather. How about a quick romp? After you skate. Hey everyone, welcome back to Earth Station One. Now it is time for the movie review segment. And we are going back to 1999 and we are looking at Mystery Alaska. Take it away, Mikey. Well, uh, yes, we are reviewing this, uh, uh, I dare say, classic, maybe? No? Uh, I guess we'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> and we've got our movie crew here as well. Um, Ashley Pauls is back with us. Hello. Howdy. And Alex Autry is back with us as well. Yeah, hi. How are you? So uh, so we're all desperate for, because uh, we're it's summer, it's blazing summer, we're all really, really just so hot, we need something to cool off, so what better than a hockey movie, right, to, to help us uh, stay chill? Sure, right. Sure. <laughs> um, uh, Alex? Hi. <laughs> Let's talk about the how successful this movie was um to to put it in a nutshell it was not a successful film domestically uh the domestic box office for this film was uh eight million eight hundred ninety one thousand six hundred twenty three dollars uh and i kind of feel like there's probably some cents on there on the end um, i was about to say that if there was like 58 cents of yeah but it, and um, although honestly i feel like it maybe if it was 58 cents considering the number so low they would have said so um it's it's really a shame i this movie is i i'll be honest i wasn't looking forward to watching the movie and when i was done watching i was like wow this is really a good movie (laughs) so i i i feel like the uh the the 8.8 million um not uh i don't think it's right I, I feel like this movie's underappreciated domestically. Maybe, maybe it came out at a bad time, wasn't marketed well, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, this is this is sort of the tail end of Hollywood pictures, right? Like um, uh, Hollywood pictures, for those people who don't know, is an arm of Disney. It was sort of like Disney's way of going, hey, we can do kind of adultish kind of movies. Um, and... Uh, had huge success when it started. I think Down and Out in Beverly Hills was like one of its first big winners. And so they uh, they came out with a string of, uh, like for years, a string of these movies that were kind of like Disney movies, but yet had a bit of an edge to them. Um, so uh, 
but yeah, they, they sort of petered out. Um, and I think this is one of the last five or six movies that they produced. Yeah, this movie actually opened in eighth place and made half of its domestic gross in the first weekend. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And 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 the since it was budgeted at 20 million, obviously it didn't even come close to making its production costs let alone its marketing and whatnot costs. So, but Disney's yeah. been known to sort of bail on movies before, just like if they don't believe in something, uh, you know, John Carter is a perfect example of one that they just kind of gave up on and just let it go and and then sort of moved on. So, I don't know if that's the case for this movie. But in any case, it's out there. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm curious to hear about your thoughts about it. I will say uh, this is the first time I've watched it. Uh, so I was, I had heard of it. I actually, the name fooled me because I thought it was more of a, I don't know, mystery. Uh, I thought it was going to be a mystery movie, but um, it is not uh <laughs> a a mystery much at all um in in the classic sense anyway and uh but as soon you know when mike said this is the movie and you know it was his pick and uh and we'll get him to explain himself in a little bit um but mm-hmm. uh <laughs> nope. but i was like oh it's That's a disney mystery movie. right here it's a disney movie don't have to spend any money on it yeah, i just pull up disney plus and boom start watching it so i pull up disney plus nowhere to be found on, on and on, I'm like, why is Mystery Alaska not on Disney Plus? Um, as soon as the movie starts, uh, the, once the credits are done, and they they the, the last credit is the uh, director uh, Jay Roach. Uh, the first line of dialogue tells me exactly why it'll never be on Disney Plus. <laughs> A little five year old drops the f bomb. <laughs> it really drives home what the film's going to be like. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> and i'm like okay this will yeah this is going to be more towards hulu i think uh um ashley what about you what what did you expect going in and uh, uh how did you feel about overall overall well i'm glad i'm not the only one that was expecting more of a crime mystery type story and so <laughs> i was kind of surprised when it was about hockey oh, where we got that idea yeah, Ashley? I, I don't it's I, a mystery what what were we <laughs> thinking <laughs> That's the real mystery. <laughs> but it, regardless of what it's titled or not, so I, I, some of the things I enjoyed about it was that, you know, Hollywood has done all kinds of sports movies. You know, the idea of this underdog team going up a bigger, better trained team is one that's been done a lot in Hollywood. But I like that it was in a unique setting, this tiny town in Alaska. And this little spoiler alert here. I actually kind of appreciated that the team did not win at the end. I thought that was kind of a nice twist. It showed that the point of their coming together and having a sense of camaraderie was more important than whether or not they actually won the game. And I enjoyed some of the quirky town, small town personalities and just seeing how they all kind of banded together. So I enjoy getting the chance to watch it. It's one that I probably never would have watched on my own, but that's kind of why I appreciate these podcasts is that I get to find new stuff that I might not have stumbled across otherwise. Excellent. Excellent. Um, Alex, any more details as to your overall thoughts? I, first of all, there, there's a lot that takes place in this film um, for, I, I don't think it's fair 
to sit there and say, this is a sports movie about a hockey team that's in the middle of nowhere playing the New York Rangers. That's not what this movie's about. It's about pride in the city. It's about pride in your hometown. It's about coming to grips with not being accepted. It's coming to grips with being accepted, standing up to your father, the whole nine yards. This movie had so much character depth. I was not prepared for any of it. I was prepared to watch Russell Crowe sit there and teach a bunch of nobodies how to play hockey. And that was not what we got with this film. Right, sort of a Mighty Ducks kind of ish movie, right? That was the vibe that I was going to go with. And again, that's a kind of a Disney thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. And, um, you know, besides all of the adult language and adult situations that take place in this movie, I think it's fair to say, like, I did not expect, like, the whole, like, one of the things that uh, uh, I found compelling about the movie, too, is about it's about a small town fighting off the like the big town coming in and, and taking over right uh the the supermarkets and all that kind of stuff and um and how they're just being pushed around uh by by uh by the bigger cities um and uh like bullying almost it's like yeah. a little town being bullied um mike uh what uh what about this movie um struck you and and when did you see it did you see it in the theater no, I did not. I saw this probably. Nobody did. No, <laughs> I had never heard of the what movie. What a bizarre question to ask! It made thirty dollars at the box office. Did you see it in theaters? No, no. I, I didn't go to the one theater in in Seattle that was playing it at the time. So, um, no, I actually probably saw this two thousand one. Um, a friend, one of my neighbors in Seattle told me, Oh, she had a huge crush on Russell Crowe. And she says, and we were just talking about Russell one day when we were walking and she says, have you seen mystery Alaska? Have any? I said, no, she says, dude, you love hockey. You, you know, and you like Russell Crowe. And I said, yeah. And so I watched it and this is probably about the fifth or sixth time I've seen it. Wow. And I love this movie. There's so much going on and such an eclectic cast. And it was, you know, Burt Reynolds, you had Mary McCormick, you had Hank Azaria, you had Colin, you know, you know, it's awesome. And, you know, it's just Colin Meany looks just the same in everything he does, <laughs> literally. And, you know, it's just, it's just awesome to be able to see this and, you know, I was just like, wow, Russell Crowe actually looks like a normal schlub in this in this one. And, you know, it's like, you know, so it's pretty awesome because this is pre-Gladiator, isn't it, I think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this was, you know, this was a lot of fun to see. And I just I enjoyed a lot of this, you know, and I forgot that Michael McKean was in this. I had, you know, then it's just, you know, I've. Thank God I forgot that uh, Austin Powers was in this, you know, you know, so it was, you know, a great, great time to be able to watch it. And it's, it's enjoyable. I've watched it. You know, this is like Judy's third time she watched it and she, you know, loved it as much. And, you know, it's, it's a fun movie and it's sad because it should be getting, it should get more recognition than it does. Uh, 
it's interesting. I was just uh, it, I I assumed for some reason that this was done after Gladiator, but um, but Gladiator came out the following year. And if Disney had just held on to this for a year, they could have uh, probably at least doubled their box office. At oh, least, not that that would have been more. hard, but um, because like Gladiator, like really uh, shot Crow to the stratosphere. Uh, much to Alex's dismay. Um, I liked uh, him in The Quick and the Dead. <laughs> let's, uh, well, on that note, let's talk about um, Russell, because he is like the name, or he's the big, you know, he's the actor, and he's the main character, really, in this. Um, I, I will uh, disagree here, with you. Here, um, I thought, here I thought the hockey puck was the main character. But... I, uh, I will say that I... I disagree with you somewhat. I do think um, Russell Crowe gives a performance uh, as if he is like internally a everyday working man kind of guy, but he just looks too pretty. Like he, he does not look like a hockey player. He does not look like a guy who just like grew up in, you know, bum F Alaska. Like he just doesn't like, there's nothing about him that I could buy as like looks wise, because his 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 uh, his five o'clock shadow is too neat. His hair's too pretty. Um, he looks like he smells nice. Like I just like I'm like nah, I'm not I'm not buying it. Three, three things about that. First of all, I believe it's pronounced Mystery Alaska. Um, what did I say, misery? I, I, no, I think you said bum something. Ah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, second of all, they needed him to look nice enough so that Hank Azaria didn't look as appealing. Well, um, really? They need yeah, that? No, they, they <laughs> trust me, they needed that. We had to have a reason why his wife would want to stay with him. Um, and three, one of the things I liked about it was that they didn't make him perfect. He was slower than everybody else on on the thing. He hadn't been able to score a goal in forever. And yet everybody on the team respected him. Everybody was like, no, he's our guy. He's he's the one. Um, And I think if they tried to hold this one out a little bit longer, he would be competing with himself because after Gladiator was a beautiful mind. Uh, That's true. It's true. Um, uh, Yeah, I I agree. I think character-wise – he's he's the right actor for that character and he plays mm-hmm. it well it's just that he just looks too pretty i think yeah but so did burt reynolds burt reynolds was a damn handsome man in this movie burt reynolds looks i mean amazingly great in this like movie. it's not fair how good looking <laughs> no, that man is no, it really isn't um okay so we're like uh showing a lot of man love here ashley what you have to like chime in here all right Gosh, how do I follow that? Um, (laughs) I kind of mentioned this before, but one of the things I liked was just the quirkiness of these small town characters having, you know, experiences with some small towns. Like there are people like this where just like these big personalities and these feuds that you have going on. And I like that they all kind of felt like real people. They each had their flaws. They weren't perfect and they were just trying to do the best they can. And I like that you have, you know, the sheriff plays on this hockey team. You've got a teacher who plays on it. It's just all these people that care about their community and get together to do this sport because they enjoy it. I mean, it's ridiculously cold outside, so it can't be just like 
just for fun to go outside, but they enjoy doing it because it brings their community get together. And I also enjoyed some of the themes they got into too, with that question of what if, especially with um, the sheriff's wife, you know, wondering what if I had tried to go to a bigger town, would my life have looked different? And I was really fascinated by her comment that she said she was really glad she had sons because it's hard to be a woman in this town. And I felt like that was one of the subtle themes that the movie kind of played around with too. Like what is her place and what is her future? And how does she kind of get boxed in? So, yeah, like I think it was like you said, Alex, there's a lot more deeper little things woven through here than you might expect for just like a underdog hockey movie story. Yeah. No, but even in the movie, they said literally people are almost born on skates in that town. Yeah. Skating is everything there. And, you know, literally you see people skating down the sidewalks even to get around. Because driving Mr. around is very Tetris. Oh, yeah. We, I wouldn't want to do that. It. We actually see that. There's a couple of moments where, where we see uh, Crow driving the, the sheriff's uh, uh, vehicle, and you see him sliding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some really subtle things that are done in this movie um, that make it make you go, oh, I didn't expect to see something like that. So, Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, and I think it also – I think that's why we also have a little bit of sympathy for Hank Azaria's character, even though he's pretty much uh, I'm trying to think of a nice PG word to use. Um, Jack <laughs> Sure. Okay. We'll go with those uh, D bag. Um, but um, I, I think that, you know, when he, when he starts describing the, or talking about his history, he, he's not a hockey guy. And so he's a kid growing up. He's not, He's not good in hockey, um, and he's so he he's an outsider uh, in his own in this small town, and uh, you know he, he of course he wants to come back and and show them like show them up and 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 have some sort of revenge on them, um, and well, uh, and it, it makes perfect sense. Well, even Burt Reynolds' character wasn't included in the Saturday games, mm-hmm. and that's why you know the son kept on saying, "You're just angry because you never got into the Saturday yeah. games." And even though the Burt Reynolds character went to college and he played, you know, college hockey and everything, but he was never good enough to get into the Saturday games. And that's why he, you know, he kept on rolling his eyes at the whole people with the hockey and everything. Well, they also say courtroom scene. There's that scene (laughs) between um, uh, Donna and uh, uh, Russell Crowe's character, John, I think, um, where, um, you know, uh, where she says, like, you know, you know what about what they say about people who teach, you know, they can't play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, the, and, it's, the, and Burt Reynolds is a really good teacher. Yeah. Yeah. I think the line is that uh, uh, people who, who coach say they like coaching more than playing. Yeah. His, right, response right, is, right, his right. response is that's because they can't play anymore. That's because they can't play. Right. Right. And I thought that was a genius line. Um, but again, that's that's the, those little things in there um, that we have a scene towards the end of the movie where uh, Hank Azaria just kind of like spills his guts yeah. as to why he's, you know, why he's all pissed off and why he wants to show how good he is. Mm-hmm. Um and he and, sits, and then he throws up. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's not a perfect situation. <laughs> He's also stealing a zamboni. Um, and let's face it: if you're going to steal a zamboni, perfect song to steal it to. Anyway, oh, of course. Um, 
but but he sits there. A crow actually asks him, "When you brought the Rangers here, was it because you wanted thanks, or was it because you wanted the town to lose?" Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very interesting. Did you want to embarrass the town? Yeah. You know, and you I, got the you got the Rangers here, but you know what's going to happen when they they clobber us twenty five to nothing? You know, yeah. You know, you, you set a pawn game, and suddenly, you know, we're we're on a regular rink with uh, with referees and, and, and yeah. boards and everything, lines because they're yeah. not used to having that. It's just you know, they're used to playing on black ice, as they say multiple times. Yeah, the the movie very much is on the town side. Um, because I could easily see that, you know, cause, cause actually, uh, Hank Azaria's character does actually give in and start rooting for the town and, and, mm-hmm. and rooting against the, the Rangers and all that. And, um, but I mean, like I said, I mean, his backstory is the one that he has every, I'm not saying he has every right to be, but he is certainly understandable why he would have some mixed feelings about this town that ostracized him just because he didn't want to do what the rest of the town likes. This is a movie where there are no villains, really. There's there's no one to root against, except maybe the Rangers themselves. Absolutely. Anytime um, there's a New York team on the screen, I am absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Well, that, well, that's um, also because you're from Boston, Mike. Come on. Yeah, look, you know, a Boston native Atlanta. I agree wholeheartedly with there you. There you go. There you go. It's um, not just it's that's not not just a New England thing. Yeah, solidarity, brother. Anyway, um, yeah, the. Uh, um, the, the way that this movie is done, every single character has a reason for what they're doing and is allowed to explain it. And I think that's really, really interesting. Yeah, it, it, you're right. I mean, I did not expect so much. Usually in a TV series, a good TV series, you see this kind of character development with a number of these char- a number of characters, but in a two hour movie, yeah, um, to not only have you know uh, uh, Russell Crowe, Hank Azaria, and uh, Mary McCormack's character, but then you throw in Burt Reynolds, Cole Meany, what's going on with the mayor mm-hmm. and his wife? Uh, what's going on with uh, I think four or five members of the team we get to know, and we know exactly like, and we know in detail what their situations all are. Um, and, uh, and then of course the lawyer, uh, Maury played wonderfully by, uh, Canada's own Maury Chaikin, who is an underappreciated actor. Whenever he shows up, I know he's going to give a good performance. And I was stunned at his death in this. I, it really was like, I, that's when I, that's when the, the movie really showed me, I was like, I don't know what this is. Like, it's not just a feel good comedy. Cause you don't throw in a, <laughs> death of a beloved character in the middle of that um and, you and know, he's played as a comic relief he really is i mean you he, kill off the, co- the comedian right <laughs> it's it's very strange and it, the tone afterwards is i, I just yeah, i found it very difficult to get a handle on what this movie kind of wanted to be um and I, I find it interesting i mean it's it certainly gives us a lot to talk about i knew that going in this would be something that uh then that surprised me more than anything else that i'm like oh this is not going to be a problem talking to uh you know the movie crew about about this movie for an hour or so because there's a lot to to unpack here no very much so and that was the interesting thing with this movie that there was so many personal stories 
in this that interweaved with each other. And that's what made it so great. And I agree with the death of the attorney in the courtroom. You know, it was, that was just amazing. And it's like, I didn't expect it, but the first time I saw it, every other time I did, of course, but you know, but it was, it was, it made the film so much more rounder than just, oh, they're going to play the hockey game. And it was interesting. I was reading some of the reviews. There wasn't enough hockey in this movie. It's like, what? It's true. There's a lot more character development than you expect out of a sports movie. Like, and, uh, there ahead, are No, no, sorry. Uh, just real quick. Um, you know, the, the hockey is kind of there, but it's not in, it's not really done in detail. I don't know if you don't know hockey, this is not the movie you I'd suggest to learn hockey. Um, because no, if it, you want to watch that, watch slap shots. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, it just pretty much is a, um, hockey is a, a tool, right? That they use to tell the stories of these characters, but it's really more about the characters in this town than it is, as Alex said, then it's about ho- this hockey game. Yeah, the the hockey, and that's actually, uh, you know, and, and we're just talking about it, it hit me. In Mystery Alaska, hockey is part of life. We're just watching the lives of the people of Mystery Alaska. Hockey happens to be a part of it. Yep. We're watching the rest of it. This is not the movie, this is not called Hockey Game the Movie. This movie <laughs> is called Mystery Alaska. Yeah. And honestly, anybody who's complaining about the lack of hockey in this movie probably should take a look at what's considered to be the greatest sports movie of all time, Bull Durham, which has very little to do with baseball. And I will also point out has absolutely zero hockey in it. <laughs> I was so disappointed when I came out of there. Um, uh, you know, all of the movies should have so much hockey in it. There should um, be a certain amount of hockey in every, in every sports movie. Um what about what about the sports element of it too? Because it is, I mean, that is key to this, obviously. Um, and it does have, as Ashley pointed out, you know, the fact that it ends with uh, them not winning, uh, but coming close, ever so close, so that they have they can be proud of their effort, right? Um, I felt like it was a very much like it just reminded me of Bad News Bears, um, which also doesn't have a lot of hockey in it, but. Um, uh, but that the original Bad News Bears uh, kind of, you know, spoiler for that movie, um, ends the same way. Like, they don't win, but that's not the point. Like, not all sports movies are about winning, right? I think it w- would have been kind of anticlimactic if they would have won in this movie. Well, they definitely wouldn't have gotten the NFL. The NFL, the NFL they, they wouldn't have gotten the NHL's permission to use the New York Rangers if they were going to beat them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, have you seen the New York Rangers? Oh, I know. I am. So that's why they, they take all the wins they can get. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it, I think I think it, the game ended perfectly that they were like three inches from winning the game. Tying. Tying. Yeah, to tie in yeah. the game. But still, even a tie would have been a slap in the face to the Rangers, to the you know. yeah, yeah. The tie, a tie would have been a win, yeah, uh, yeah. for them because that means they could go toe to toe with the professionals. Which is exactly what Burt Reynolds was saying in the locker room before the end, of, before the start of the third period. He's like, "Let's just keep the game close. We'll still come out with a you know with a win." 
Mm-hmm. And and Crow and the others were like, no, that's not enough for us. And it's only in playing the game mm-hmm. that they realize that, yeah, yeah, that's kind of enough for us. And I feel like the movie would have had a lot less emotional impact if they would have won because it would then it would have become about, oh, look at this little team. They beat this big professional hockey team from New York instead of like, we can have small town pride in what we did and the fact that we came close, we performed well and kind of tying into that theme, I think made a bigger impact than if they had just won and then celebrated. Right. Oh, exactly. Right. And I love changed, how, they, I love how they just, exactly. No, I agree with you, Mikey there. It was. I love the scene at the very beginning of the game when they dissed the Rangers. They were all looking at the newspapers, <laughs> like not interested. It was like, okay, that was cute. But uh, the flip side of that is, I really appreciated the fact that you know the Rangers gave them their respect. Yeah, that was uh, not nice only touch. not only on the ice but off the ice because they took two of their guys. They said, you know what, you guys are good. We want two of you on our organization. Yep. Well, exactly. And they went to uh, was it Birmingham or. Up in New York, yeah, their farm team, right? The farm team. They went to the um, AH, what American Hockey AHL. League, yeah, which yeah. is basically where the Atlanta Gladiators are part of a fine member of. So it's actually when I saw that this time, it's like, oh, Gladiators, cool. Gladiators farm team for the Bruins. The Bruins. Yep. How about that? And uh, the uh, this that, week. that team that team <laughs> actually still exists. It existed then. It exists now. Except now, it is the farm league for the New Jersey Devils. Here's here's something that the movie fooled me because uh, watching this movie, I was convinced that this was a this actually happened. I was convinced that um, somebody had gone to Mystery Alaska had written a story in Sports Illustrated and the NHL had gotten wind of it and made a publicity thing about it. And this was that story, of course, embellished in a Disney S way, but also, but, but I, I was convinced that this had to have happened and yet not based on a true story whatsoever. You were probably waiting to see the actual photos, of the actual people from the town, <laughs> the, the miracle ending. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. There's uh, it. It is it the the small team versus the big team aspect of this is loosely based off the 1905 Stanley Cup game uh, between the Dawson City Nuggets and the Ottawa Senators. Um, but that being said, totally different experience. And as far as I know, no teachers were having sex with the mayor's wife. <laughs> that, we know, you know. that we know. That we know. Again, it was 1905. I wasn't there. Well, you know, she did have a reputation. Apparently. <laughs> um, what is something else about the movie that, that struck you? Maybe a character moment, uh, Ashley? This is just a really tiny little funny moment, but I got a big kick of how they asked little Richard when he sang the national anthem to really draw it out. And just like you saw those poor New York players, they were so cold. And then he launches into the Canadian national anthem. I thought that (laughs) That was was just beautiful. That that was just a really nice little funny moment that wasn't just thrown in there for comedy's sake. Like it makes sense for the characters. Like we're going to play up this big moment for our town. And we're also going to make the other players suffer just a little bit. Cause they're not quite as used to the cold. 
And that was brilliantly set up throughout the movie. Yes. Because every time we saw somebody new come into town, the first thing they said was, it's too cold here. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, God. I loved it when that newscaster showed up and she was like, I can't feel my nostrils. Yeah. I can't feel my nostrils. <laughs> yeah, because everybody else in the town is, uh, you know, accustomed to it. So right. they are, yeah. you know, they're taking off their gloves. They're taking off their jackets. They're doing stuff outside in short sleeves or whatever. And we're like, is it really that cold there? So every time someone new comes in, we need it like hammered home. Like it's, it's freaking cold. Yeah. Like, this is, this is Alaska. I like to think that little Richard came with his own stuff for that scene too. <laughs> oh, I need to be cold. Then I'd best bring my cheetah blanket. No, no, know? no, no, no. If I'm going to be in this movie, I, I need my bus. Yes. <laughs> like it's, that's actually little Richard's bus. Yes, mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> and that's what was awesome about it. The little Richard scene was just great. Wait, I didn't know they were going to be doing O Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and O Canada is a long one too. Oh, so. yes. Yeah, it yeah. really is. Draws it um, out. It, it, it's funny when they went when he started going into O Canada. I was thinking, you know, they said, "Why? Why are they doing that? Why are they doing the?" And I was like thinking, "Of course they're doing." It. And then I realized, "Oh no, this is supposed to take place in Alaska." Um, not Canada, because it does have. I mean, it was shot in Canada, yeah. and then there's a lot of Canadians in it. Uh, so it really does feel like a Canadian movie, especially since the Canadians are known to be like, you know, obsessively uh, like hockey is a religion to them. So it sort of uh, has this Canadian feel. And as we all know, at least during this time in the 90s, anything that was filmed in, Can- in Canada had to have um, uh, uh, Mike Myers in it. So, yes, we know. So, but also is- it was because Jay Roach. Yeah, Jay yeah. Roach had done the uh, the Austin Powers films. Sure, sure. So you know, and and to have him in a movie uh, like this would have been a real boost because at the time, uh, I think uh, Spy Who Shagged Me had had uh, just come out at the same time. Yeah. So yeah, that would have been that would have been a big boom because unfortunately there was a time when people thought Mike Myers was funny. He wasn't in this movie though. No. <laughs> no. Well, uh, I do want to talk about, you know, we mentioned Russell Crowe, of course, Hank Azaria. Um, um, we mentioned a little bit about Mary McCormack, um, but, uh, uh, and Cole Meany, of course. Who knew that we were going to review so many Cole Meany movies uh, in our... You're going to have to put a section in the ESO <laughs> website of just the movies that we, we've reviewed for him. But uh, the young, like, you know, I don't know if it, a lot of these were probably in their first movie, but, you know, you got Scott Grimes in there. You've got Adam Beach. You've got um, Jason Gray Stanford. Like, all these, like, young actors that would go on to do, like, really cool things later on. Uh, easily recognizable. There's almost every face in here is somebody that you recognize from something else. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kevin Durant, who plays Tree, uh, their tallest member. Yep. He appears on the screen. I went, oh my God, it's one of the Tremor brothers from Smoke and Aces. <laughs> and of course, wow. like, he, yeah, and he's <laughs> done like all kinds of crazy things, including he was Little John in the Robin Hood starring Russell Crowe. <laughs> How about that? I love that course, scene. I love that scene when they came, the New York Rangers came off the helicopter and they were huge. Yes. And I like and I love how he said, Oh, they're not so big. And, and then one other one, yeah. 
Um, and of course, Scott Grimes has been getting a lot of a notice over the last year or so because of uh, his role in the Orville. Yes. Mm. But yeah. he also was on ER for a long time, too. Um, so. Lots of uh, ESPN and hockey uh, folks uh, playing them uh, themselves. Uh, you got uh, uh, Barry Melrose, uh, Phil Esposito, Phil Esposito, yep, and uh, uh, Jim Fox and all that. So for people who are into hockey, there's some – I think they, they, they add some legitimacy to it, right? And uh, this, is bef- this is before Disney owned ESPN, right? Correct. Yeah. So yeah. So nor like now it'd be a no brainer. Of course it's they you know, it's a Disney movie. Of course ESPN's in there, but back then it was probably a little bit more difficult. And I will say it they it's not a great commentary on ESPN really, this movie. This does not this movie does not really I don't think ESPN comes across as very well in this movie. Well, did they I don't think they advertise themselves as ESPN though in this. Well, they, have- uh, they they do. They yeah. have the Sports Center logo. Uh, and, 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 I do see it. Yeah, because I saw you know all these other networks and stuff also. Yeah, but they didn't. I didn't see the ES. But that's cool. I'm pretty sure like Hank Azaria's character is working for ESPN, right? He's he's, he's, made the he's working for something. He's working for something. <laughs> I, I believe he's working for one of the Canadian sports things because he's working underneath Mike Myers. Right. That's right. Because yeah. Um, because Mike Myers' character is supposed to be. Uh, a take on uh, uh, Canadian uh, uh, hockey uh, announcer, Don Cherry. Yes. yes. Uh, and Cherry was known to flip on a dime uh, in, <laughs> in cases like that. So, yeah. I, know. I feel sorry I, I for wanna, these boys. I want to adopt, adopt each and every one of those boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's what it is. That's one of those things. I mean, if, and you see that in the Olympic coverage, too. You'll see them going, oh, yeah, they really don't have a chance. And then they do something that's spectacular. It's like, oh, well, you know, we got to talk about the greatness of this team. And then they ultimately fail. And like, yeah, you know, we figured that was going to happen. <laughs> you know, you raise them up to knock them down. Um, and, and that's good. The, the, the casting for this was really superb because halfway through the film, you really kind of sit there and forget that it's like, oh, there's Hank Azaria. He does 90% of the voices on The Simpsons. Mm. There's Russell Crowe. He's Russell oh, Crowe. Crow. He's pretty. He's pretty. <laughs> um, you know, so I you, you kind of lose that until Mike Myers shows up. It's like, well, hell, there's just Mike Myers. But um, I'm going to get off my soapbox because I'm getting those bleak <laughs> from up here. Um, but they, they, they do a good job with this film to the point where you kind of believe that Burt Reynolds is a judge and also a hockey coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you get those vibes. Uh, I have to point out my favorite thing in the entire movie is a background thing. And it is a sign in the crowd as we're all watching and they're talking, everything's going on. There's a girl in the stands with a sign that says, Skank, I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just there, and they don't say anything about it, and it's just there. And I'm like, that is detail. That is what good filmmaking is, because it's something that you could watch a hundred times and miss. I just happened to see it. The uh, I do love the shot, like, after he takes that shot in uh, the yes. nethers. Um you know, they, they pan to the crowd, and most of the crowd is horrified, but then there's that one woman who's just like, 
Uh-huh, exactly. The, <laughs> the same woman who basically knocked him with the snow shovel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, basically it's, she it's, hit him twice. Yeah, she she knocked it. She knocked him out. Yeah. <laughs> that that is a beautiful shot too, man. Yeah. That's like <laughs> it's just she's just like like this little golf clap. It's just like, yeah, she, yeah, good for her. Good, good for her. Because, yeah, the, these people, I mean, yeah, Skank's somebody that you like, you don't really like in real life, you really wouldn't like him, but yet he, there's a certain charm to him. His apology speech <laughs> uh, to Colum is, is just, it's perfect because it sounds like it comes from a guy who one has never had to apologize for anything in his life two doesn't know what the response is going to be and ultimately proves himself. Um, not in a way that any of the guys here would want to. And oh, I'm, hell no, but he did block the, you know, block the <laughs> shot. My, uh, my favorite part of that though is, um, Combs' reaction is great because it's very, you know, it's 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 basically just stoic. Uh, he's got one, but what I really like is is in the background, and this is my background moment of the movie. In the background of that shot, his wife uh, Mary Jane like pops up and out of frame like every once in a while, as if to th- say like, "Is he still like? What's he talking about now? Oh, never mind." And then he like leaves, and then it's like, "Oh, what is he?" What is he talking about? And then he like, so it's really key, like the way it's edited together, because Colmini's uh, demeanor is just solid. Like it, it, it could be anything really, but, but her, uh, the editing her, uh, that rhythm of uh, her going in and out of frame is just, is just really funny. So, uh, so it is really, you know, there's a lot more to mystery than uh, what would seem really, you know? Uh, so I will give you credit, Mike. This was a lot more interesting than I like to Alex's point. I mean, I like hockey movies and if we had seen, you know, if you had said, let's watch miracle or something like, you know, I, that's a feel good. That's a feel good hockey movie. Right. Well, maybe, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, if you're a red blooded American, it is, uh, <laughs> yeah. I already know the ending to that one. So it's okay. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, this one is, is interesting because it, yeah, it, it really is different than what you expect. Uh, definitely worth seeking out, even if you're not like a super hockey fan, because I don't know a lot about hockey, but I still enjoyed, I was able to connect with the characters. That's yeah, exactly. That's a good way to put it. Actually. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Any other last words, uh, on the movie, Ashley? Um, no, just that I recommend it. And I also enjoyed all the great uh, background scenery, some really beautiful shots of the, oh, mountains. the mountains were gorgeous in this. Yeah, that alone is worth watching it. It's a really well shot film all the way around, including the hockey sequences. Um, yeah. Shooting ice skating is incredibly difficult. Um, there are a couple of things that you can watch like on uh, like when they did the movie Cutting Edge, um, they actually had to invent cameras to do it because of the way they were shooting the feet. Mm. Um, and, and so, I mean, shooting hockey is shooting ice skating is tough. Shooting hockey is real tough. And this one's believable. I mean, when you watch it, you're like, okay, I'm watching people on a pond playing hockey. To, mm-hmm. to that, to that point, I have uh, grown up 
a hockey fan my entire life uh, watching the Bruins and uh, mostly watching it on TV. The first time I saw it in person, I was like, oh my God, it's an entirely different game. And uh, if, you know, I, the, the, the cliche is true. If you want to enjoy hockey, you need to see it in person. Yep. And so it is challenging to film it because if, if the regular games are not that exciting, you know, are hard to film and convey that, that sport, that passion, uh, that competition, then yeah, it's a a feat that this is able to do it as well. Um, Yeah. It was interesting because, you know, hockey, you know, is hard to watch on TV let alone on a big screen and everything like you guys were saying. Remember for years on the NHL when they tried starting it on Fox, they had the puck glowing so you yeah. could follow yes. it. The glow puck. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, they did a good job in this. That's that's a good fact and everything. And it made the game exciting. It could have been really boring. You know, where's the puck? Where's this? You know, type thing. But they did. he did a really, really good job. You know, and, you know, I love the movie and probably it's not the last time I'll watch it. Yeah. Might not be the last time I watch it either. Uh, I'm definitely up for a rewatch. It, it definitely had a lot more to hold my interest than I expected. So, so thank you, Mike, for recommending it. And uh, I guess we'll all hop into our Soviet helicopter and uh, return back to the station from Mystery Alaska. Um, but before that, we'll be right back and get creative. Well, I went down to the local arena Asked to see the manager man He came from his office Said, son, can I help you? Looked at him and said, yes, you can Yeah, I want to drive the Zamboni Yeah, I want to drive the Zamboni Yes, I Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about Horror Stories, Episode 3. So, I'm really happy to have American Horror Story back on TV, even if it isn't the regular season. Stories is a one-season series that we know of so far, where each episode, or two episodes, is a complete story. Episode 3 aired, and so far, it's one of my favorite American Horror Story episodes ever. Because it, in itself, is like a mini-horror movie. The episode is titled Drive-In and stars Renzi Filez from Runaways, which I was really excited to see him in more. It's, all, it's about a teenage boy that's basically interested in what teenage boys are interested in, his girlfriend. He takes her to a drive-in to try and score with her. The film is a super cult film that has only been aired once, and that airing had an entire crowd go insane and kill each other. We learn through flashbacks that Tipper Gore had the film prints destroyed and the director, who ends up attacking her during the flashback, put in prison. Flash forward to many, many years later, a drive-in theater will be showing the film Rabbit Rabbit, and lots of people are showing up for it. Chad and Kelly, the boyfriend and girlfriend I mentioned earlier, were not really paying attention to the film while it was playing. But then they start to hear screaming, and then their car is attacked by crazy people. They get away, and they decide to find the director, since they know he was the one that set up this screening. They find him, Larry Bitterman, 
And he explained to them about his new movie experience using subliminal messages, like was rumored that The Exorcist used. Well, Chad and Kelly are not amused at his, re- at his response at all, and the rest would be spoiling the end of the movie, which I don't like to do. This episode seems so much like a horror film to me, albeit shorter than your average horror movie. But it was a fully enclosed episode, and I really, really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. Welcome to Dr. Geek's Laboratory. Hello, everyone. Dr. Geek here with a shout out to all the scientists who worked tirelessly to bring a COVID-19 vaccine into reality. (laughs) Let's face it, creating something of this magnitude is a miracle worthy of Dr. McCoy himself. And now, Dr. Geek needs you to do your part. Remember, each shot is one small step back to normal, one giant leap to putting the pandemic behind us. We can do this. For more information, visit vaccines.gov to find your nearest provider. Welcome back. Now it's time for the Creative Outlet segment, and we are here with our friend Jeff Weber. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Jeff, you have a Kickstarter going on. Tell us all about it. We definitely want to hear what you got for your project. Absolutely. Well, I have a Kickstarter. It's going to be live. uh, By the time you're hearing this, it should be live. It's called Bug Hunt. It's a sci-fi action-adventure comic about a blue-collar space exterminator who mistakenly ends up on a space station that's being attacked by robot spiders. Oh. And Exactly. And his uh, unique skill set as an exterminator turns out that it might just be the thing they need to save the day. That is awesome. So how did you come up with this idea? And is this going to be like, tell us about the project. Is it going to be, is it a comic? Is it a book? Is it? It is a comic book um, that was based on a half finished uh, story that I uh, wrote when I was a teenager, actually. So uh, back in 1997. (laughs) Oh, nice. Wow. So it's had over 20 years to, like, gestate and everything. To, to, to marinate, yeah. I, um, I had just, um, in last year, I had finished a project, um, a graphic novel called The Scientist. Uh, it was a 200-page graphic novel. Um, and I had, uh, for the very first time, uh, nothing on my slate. I had a wide-open slate of... Uh, of uh, what I wanted to do creatively. So I was looking through old projects and I had this one that, uh, you know, I'd gotten maybe about a little more than half of it written, but, um, you know, I always liked it and I always wished I had been able to finish it. And this seemed like the perfect time to go ahead and, uh, you know, take care of that, finish it. Now that I actually have, you know, know how to make comics, um, I have the ability to, um, do it in a much faster time than it took me with the scientists. So, so that was it. Yeah. That is pretty awesome. And so this sounds like an amazing project. And so is this going to be just a one and done or is it going to be a trilogy or what are you going to do? Uh, uh, Well, I, uh, I haven't written the ending yet, so I can't say for sure how long it's going to be, but I'm uh, anticipating it's going to be five issues. Oh, nice. So this is the, this is going to be the first of uh, a five-part series. 
Excellent. And are you going to be doing it in – are you going to do it as a paperback or a hardback comic or how are you going to be um, doing it? It's going to be uh, – well, each issue is going to be a stapled, uh, you know, traditional floppy uh, saddle-stitched comic. Okay. And then um, I will almost indefinite uh, certainly do a collected uh, graphic novel version of it uh, once we get to that point. Excellent. The the, uh, the preview of it looks really good. Um, but the art, uh, man, that uh, that cover uh, by is it Irwin Arosa, right? Irwin um, Ar- Ar- Arosa, yeah. He oh is. man, that is amazing. And then the interior pages are good too. Um, it has definite like definitely has a uh, aliens or yeah Cameron's aliens vibe to it. Yeah, well, the, uh, if you if you watch the um, the, the little uh, preview of it um, the, uh, on the video, uh, that's sort of it's it's almost going for like a spoof of Aliens, where it, it leads you to think that oh, this is going to be like Aliens. He's he's on this mission. He's going after these very uh, scary sounding aliens, and then when uh, he actually discovers them, they're kind of very non-threatening looking bugs uh you know almost cute in a way but he ruthlessly tortures them with a blowtorch <laughs> that sounds fun it sounds a lot of fun so you know you never know it could even turn into a video game and stuff eventually yeah. too. so so like you know tone wise it kind of has like a bit of like a men in black arachnophobia tremors kind of vibe i would say um very cool our hero is like kind of one of those uh reluctant uh roguish heroes sort of a sort of an you know han solo indiana jones type sure sure and uh and um and i don't know if you can tell from uh from Irwin's cover art but uh when I, when i originally wrote the story back in 97 i had uh bruce campbell in mind <laughs> for the I, for I, the uh I, I can definitely, I can definitely see it. Yes, I can see you. There's a little bit of resemblance there, just just enough to not get you sued. <laughs> <laughs> he was the he was he was the inspiration. I actually, as a as a teenager, I actually joined his fan club and I actually uh, sent him a copy of the script and and uh, and he's like he's like uh, he's like sure, send it to my agent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! That is really awesome. So, how how long is the Kickstarter going to be going? When's it get? Uh, it, it goes through August seventeenth. Uh, so, awesome. uh, just a uh, a short uh, three weeks. Oh, awesome! So, you, we'll be with you for the whole time, and you definitely, you know, we'll put a link to this up in our show notes, so our listeners who have been very generous to many of the Kickstarters who have appeared on this podcast, they will be able to help you out, hopefully. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, we have some uh, really cool rewards for the for the supporters. Um, besides that Erwin Arosa cover, there's uh, going to be another variant cover by me. Um, I uh, am not handling any other art duties on this, so I figure I might as well do the, the cover, uh, the variant <laughs> cover. Um, That's cool. I kind of need I kind of needed a break from doing art after doing uh, 200 pages of the scientists. So, so that's, that, that's why I decided to let some other people take over for a little while. Understood. Uh, let my, let awesome. my poor tired, my poor tired wrists have a rest. <laughs> and, that is awesome, man. Well, thank you for joining us. 
Jeff, it's been a pleasure. Let's take a quick break, and we will be back in a moment to close up the show. Thank you so much. Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon, the cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO Network. So let's go wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. Let's thank our guests for being here tonight. Ashley Pauls, thank you as always. It is so good to have you back on a regular basis now. It's nice to be back in the station and uh, watching movies with you guys. It is awesome. And we love what you've been doing with your you know, stuff for the ESO website. And we do appreciate it as always. Thanks. It's nice that there's some some new content coming out. There were times when in 2020, it's like, okay, I got to find something to write about this week. Like how deep can I dig to find the good topic? So it's fun that there's new shows and movies and stuff to talk about, but still fun to return to old favorites like uh, the one we did tonight. Whatever it was and, called. Yeah. <laughs> and, there's always, and there's always Star Wars stuff to talk about. That's I, right. I, yeah, I, really, I can I, always I, dig out some tiny little bit of Star Wars news to expand into a giant article. Well, I, I appreciated your recent article on the High Republic stuff. I have not dipped my toe in that yet, but uh, after reading your article, I, I might just do that. It's good stuff. I would say it kind of captures some of the feel of the old expanded universe, if you like that, but it also feels like fresh. This is something different moving the franchise forward. That is awesome. It is awesome. So I guess that's what you shouted out about tonight, or do you have anything I guess else? so, yeah. I guess go check out my blog on the ESO uh, podcast website, and... Um, just talking about new movies and shows coming out this summer and looking forward to that. That is awesome. That is awesome. And Alex, thank you, my friend. Always a pleasure. I'm glad to be here. And it's, uh, we got the best crew to talk, uh, talk movies with plain and simple. I mean, it's great. The anesthesia wore off right before you started recording. Tonight. Just about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anything you want to shout out about, sir? I do. I do have something. I, you know, you, you take the deep dive into YouTube sometimes and you find something that you're like, I've never heard of this. And uh, 11 months ago, a website or a YouTube channel called Defunct Land. Oh, which yes, is all, yes, yes, yes. Which is all about uh, uh, formerly uh, former things that you would see at some of the theme parks. It's very similar to uh, Expedition Extinct. Um, did a full documentary, an hour and 26 minute long documentary on the band Halix. And if you're not familiar with Halix, most people aren't. Halix was a rock and roll science fiction band that played for one summer at Disneyland. Oh, cool. It is a fascinating documentary. It is 100% free on Defunct Land. Um, but uh, Kevin Perger and, and his team there did a phenomenal job on this documentary, which actually includes rare footage of the band performing, um, the backstory on everything that happened, how, how a song called Jailbait became their biggest hit, um, and the fact that this band never got signed. 
Uh, it's actually a really fascinating look at a band that has an unbelievable cult following online and there's next to nothing in existence for them. Wow. So uh, definitely go to Defunct Land. You can also look up Halix, H-A-L-Y-X, uh, in your YouTube search, uh, and you should be able to find it. But it's a fascinating documentary, and I highly, highly recommend it. That is awesome. And, of course, Mr. Mike, we made it through another one, my friend. We did, and as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you're going to shout out about, sir? Yes, I got to give a shout out to our good friends, Sean and Jim. They've been through a lot recently, but they're still going at it. They're still raging. Uh, they're still raging bullets. Uh, DC Comics fan podcast are still doing it. And they just this week released episode 600. Uh, yeah, Mike, mm. we still have a ways to go, man. We're mm. catching up. We're catching up. But uh, um, with everything they've been through, it's still it's still great to hear that they're excited about uh, stuff that's coming out from DC. But in order to they're, they're, they review the new stuff that's coming out, of course. But um, in uh, with the 600th episode, they are taking an in-depth look at all the JLA JSA crossovers from the 70s and 80s. So uh, so that's a very special thing that uh, uh, I am very keen to listen to. So um, and this is the anniversary of the JSA, as we've talked about before. So good timing on their part. So uh, they're you know, I'm glad that they're still with us doing podcasts. Oh, yeah. And they're both nice guys and they know their stuff. They really know their stuff. Raging Bullets was one of our, you know folks that we were like oh we got to do a podcast just like them and sometimes we did those four-hour podcasts just like them so it was a lot of fun to be able to you know become friends with them to have sean's been on our show many times and Mm -hmm. it's just it's just a great great time and it's a fun show and the JSA, JLA team-ups was always a tradition for me growing up in the summer. So it was always fun to see. So definitely w- worth listening to. Uh, my shout-out real quick. Uh, watched a great program on Hulu this last week. Uh, for fans of the Beatles and fans of Paul McCartney, uh, they did a great interview program called McCartney 321. And it was Paul McCartney and Rick Rubin. Uh, sitting down, just listening to tapes of the Beatles and Wings music in solo stuff from Paul McCartney and just talking what went into the song, what was, and it wasn't like a documentary where they went through their whole life, Paul's a whole life and everything. He just talked about the music and what he was feeling at the time and how they recorded the different music. And they played like, this is just the, and they separated the tracks and you got to hear different parts of it. And for any music lover, it was just amazing. And Rick Rubin is a really awesome you know, producer. And he did a great job at, you know, talking to Paul. And they, it was just two greats talking to each other. And it was a lot of fun. And if you have Hulu, definitely check it out. It's included with your memberships. And it's six parts, but it's easy because they're 30 minutes each. So it's real easy to check out and everything. So definitely check it out if you get a chance. Um, Join us speaking about checking out next week. We are going into the great beyond when we are going to be looking at UFOs. 
That's right, folks. We are going to be seeing are UFOs real? What's the latest? Have you been probed or have you had your close encounter of the third kind? So Alex is shaking his head about being probed, so he knows all about that. So it's, you know, going to be very, very interesting to, you know, talk all about it. Dr. Scott's going to be joining us and we have a few other folks who are going to be talking all about UFOs. It should be very, very interesting to do. And of course, we want to thank you guys for being here as always. And as we like to say, you know, please send us feedback. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. Feedback at earthstation1.com. This is how we find out what you guys think of us. Do you like us doing older movie reviews? Do you like us, you know, just doing movie talk or whatever? You know, there's tons of topics we could still touch on. And, you know, we'll be talking about a lot of things about movies coming up, new stuff. We got a new movie coming out in two weeks that we're going to be talking about. So it should be a ton of fun. So as always, thanks for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. We're powered by NSC. You can find them at nsclivetv.com. Remember, we can find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found, including now Amazon Music. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, Ashley Pauls, and Alex Autry. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you here next time on Earth Station One. Stay safe. Hug your loved ones. Please get vaccinated, folks. And we are out of here. Peace. And we are done. I'm going to go play hockey. You've been listening to the Earth Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Tee Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.